going to be. It's going to be COVID or something and they don't have access to whatever. And it's like, that's no, there should be, there should not be work stoppage because of that. They should have found a way between then and now. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, ugh, yeah, what a pain. Um, okay. So yeah. So uh, this is 15. Okay. So um, our audio is good. So we'll go ahead and kick it off guys. All right. Hey everybody. Welcome to episode 15. Oh, hold on. God damn it. Okay. Aria or Aria? It's Aria. Aria, that's what I thought. Okay. Make sure y'all All make right. sure you put make sure you put that fucking shit. Make sure you and y'all hear me cussing. Make sure you put that shit in the goddamn show as well. <laughs> you could also call me Star Lord. I answer the Star-Lord. phone that way. So if you just want to say, hey, Aria Starling, also known as Star Lord, I'm on it. And then we can just okay. you just have to say it right the first time and we'll continue okay. from there. All right. We, what we might do is add what the last twenty seconds as a little preview to the episode. All right. So, uh, <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to uh, episode fifteen of the very unofficial Logistics Plans podcast. Uh, I'm uh, one of the hosts, Gonzo, and I am joined. Go ahead. Let's see. I'm holding my breath. Uh, on this ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to uh, introduce y'all to the coders, uh, co-host in the world. Uh, he goes by so many names, but today his name is Wang. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, so, yeah, guys, episode 15, recording this on Sunday night. And we have, of course, another one of our special guests from our family on. I'd like to welcome uh, to the show Aria Starling, a.k.a. Star Lord, welcome to the show. Kitty cat, hey. yeah, kitty cat. Oh my god, you don't know how many people uh, do that to me or call me that. So, um, yeah, you're you got it right on. Hey everybody. Yeah, hey, awesome hi. to have you on uh, on here. And so, hey, embrace oh, everybody. I, I, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, embrace I did. I, I did chat with you about this uh, uh prior to the show but i i got a question Never before do. we even before before we even get into the air force bs that we're going to talk about and bore everybody with air force what's that the air force yes yes um we're, well one the one that pays for my new tig one so um okay so guys here's what we here's what i got a question for this is for both of you i don't know if you guys seen this so i'm huge on watching netflix i like watching documentaries i totally spaced on bringing this up before but have you guys seen the documentary don't fuck with cats and i bring this up for you starling no yeah. i have not seen that it's I, I, popped I, up but i haven't no no because okay. i don't like cats so i never saw oh okay. they told me they don't like you they told me don't like cats are cats that don't like you there's, there's, that's the only hey, way about it. It's gonna be a great show tonight, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> much so, love, though. Much love. Much love. <laughs> so, so here's the here's the reason I bring it up, right? So, Starling, I, I've seen your Facebook. Uh, we're friends on on Facebook. I've seen your page, and one of the things that stood out to me is uh, is your cat on there, right? And I think you do. You have one or two cat, cat. What's about cat? I, she got more than one cat. You do. <laughs> No, 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 no. Well, I just have one cat right now. Um, a couple of years ago, I had two cats. But right now, I just have one cat, Winston Swiper Churchill, which 
due to COVID, I will say that uh, it's been me and her in this house. And I've been probably posting a lot of pictures and videos of her that I, I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I got the impression uh, that you really like cats. So if you guys haven't seen it, and this is for everybody listening, right? Documentary Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats. So I, I don't want to get into too much of a spoiler, but the episode uh, or the, the documentary itself, I want to say it's three parts, but it revolves around uh, these two people. Uh, one of them, I believe, was some kind of retired three, three letter agency or, or, or federal or police department. And then a blackjack G, uh, dealer, both of them in, uh, in Vegas. Right. So somebody posts a video online on YouTube and this would have been oh, I can't remember the time frame. It was probably a decade ago of uh of killing cats. And so the guy basically posts, uh, post, post a video of a cat being eaten by a Python or a snake. Uh, it, it was, that's yeah, it was why like a I have not or... watched it. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, and then the second video was him putting them like in, uh, in one of those, you know, where you, those vacuum seal bags that, you know, where you put like oh clothes God. or whatever, if you're fine. Yeah. Fucked up stuff. So I know you guys think of why you bring it up. So, I love true crime. I watch true crime documentaries. I listen to almost exclusively 90% true crime podcasts. And I heard about – so the show, yes, it's called Don't Fuck With Cats. It starts off with that. But it's totally not related to cats other than that. It, it's going to take you down the deep path on a guy, a Canadian guy called uh, Luca Magnata. That was his, I guess, his stage name, who was one of the most insane individuals – uh, for, to uh, killers from Canada, right? Young kid, early twenties, model, fucked up. So if you haven't got a chance, watch it. It doesn't show the cats being harmed. You're not going to see that. You're not even going to see what he went on to do after that. But it's so interesting. And and for all of you who are like, oh, Gonzo, get some old shit. This the, the whole documentary is a perfect example of what happens when somebody goes online and does something stupid and social media from all across the world gangs up to get his ass. And that's what it's about. It's about how social media um, and, and strangers came together to solve a case that the cops couldn't solve. Anyways, okay. Dad, just wanted to, uh, to throw that out there. Uh, but anyways- I'm sad this now. Episode, yeah. So I hope this put everybody in a good mood, especially you, Starlin, uh, Star Lord. So um, I'll tell you what. So why don't you Thank tell you. Uh, the family a little bit about yourself and your background? Hey, so um, I've been in the military for about 17 and a half years. I came in, um, the first seven years was as a One Charlie 5, which is was, was Aerospace Control and Warning Systems. They've since changed their name. I think it's called Air Battle Management now. But we worked in air control squadrons, um, J-STARS, AWACS, that kind of stuff. We were on the enlisted side. Uh, from there, I went to be an ALS instructor for three and a half years at Lake and Heath. Well, not at Lake and Heath. It was Feltwell, which is a little north of there did that for three and a half years and while i was there um i came back from ncoa and found out that my job had changed so i was trying to pcs and they came back and said oh well your career field changed and you're no longer you no longer meet the requirements to have your old career field so you need to retrain well i had three options i had aircraft maintenance log plans and uh manpower and yeah, I had an assignment. I was planning on buying a house. I was going to go to Luke Air Force Base. I was super happy. Um, things were great. And they're like, nope, sorry, you're disqualified. So I had those three options. And I'm like, okay, well, manpower. Everybody talked about math. And I'm like, I, I can't math. Don't, 
don't make me math. That's going to be bad. So that was out. Aircraft maintenance, you have to keep in mind, I was an ALS instructor for three and a half years. You want to listen to some aircraft maintenance talk about their, their stuff. Man, I heard it, and I was like, I was terrified. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was terrified of going to aircraft maintenance. And, and so there was left with, with log plans, and I didn't quite know what that was, but I was like, uh, well, it seems like the best option of the three. So I got that uh, after sitting there for you know three months waiting to, oh, my God, what's, what's going to happen? I got log plans. So I was retrained, and... Um, <laughs> From Luke, I went to a very cold northern climate. I will leave it at that, and I will call it base one. Um, <laughs> and since then, so for... <laughs> you've also been threatened with it multiple times, Bracely. So we can narrow it down to there. Uh, um, I, I, well, I, I already know where you went. <laughs> I know one of your former yeah. troops. Yeah, yeah. So um, for seven, seven, seven and a half years, something like that, that's... I've been a log planner from there. And in those seven, seven and a half years, I've had, this is my fourth assignment in seven years. And Damn. I've had uh, two deployments in there, which is not a lot, according to obviously log planners out there, but understand that I've been PCSing and I did a stint overseas on a short tour. Um, and now I am here at PACFIG and I love this job, not because of location in Hawaii. That's, that's not it. I do one hour commuting to and from. So two hours in my car every day going to and from work if we had traffic right now in normal circumstances. But um, I love my team. I love what we do. I think it's really great. And I've wanted this job for I think two and a half, three years now. So I'm really happy to have applied and gotten the job and been lucky enough to have the team that I do. So uh, yeah, I'm the PACFIG right now for... Uh, for log plans. And I travel around and I inspect uh, all the different, I think, 13, 13 wings and look for compliance in, in all of our different programs. It's been really great. It's been a wonderful activity. I've been here for one year now and I love it. Nice. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, okay. Uh, I, I know we're definitely going to hit on the IG thing and what you do, what you're currently doing, but the whole ALS, did you, um, you applied for ALS like you wanted to do it, or how did that I work? I did. I was I was at uh, Tyndall at the time, and I it was still one of those, yeah, that I applied through AMS Equal Plus, I want to say. Okay. Um, okay. I applied for it. I did the whole package and everything. I got a phone interview. It was my second one. I actually, I did one with McCord before that, but then I got Lake and Heath, and I did a phone interview. I met all the requirements. They liked me. I got hired. I PCS there, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, fun fact, Chief Toberman, who is the Air Force um, or the, the Space Com, um, Space Command Chief right now, he was one of my ALS mentors for my flight. I had him maybe every other week in my flight during ALS. Super intelligent guy. Uh, man, you could just see that he was always thinking, always doing stuff. And he was a, he was a, this was 2011. So it's really awesome to be like, hey, I recognize that guy. He's the chief of the dang Space Force. Wow. Damn. Br hey, Bracely, have you ever done any, anything like that, like mentorship with like, uh, you know, NCOA or, or ALS? 
Or even like first tournament yeah, center stuff? Yeah, yeah. so I do I, I do MTAC all the time with resiliency. Um, and I've sat on a couple of top three panels. Uh, I, I've also taught at a few senior COPEs. So um, we used to do this training back in the day, you know, as law planners. It's funny you asked me that question. But we used to do this training back in the day as law planners called AEF 101. I don't know what happened to it. I guess we gave up on it. But, I loved uh, that program. So we used to teach that in FTAC, and we taught it in every every paraprofessional enhancement course, whether it was NCO, PE, or senior NCO, PE. Uh, so, yeah, do it all the time. Did it all the time. Still do it. Love doing it because at the end of the briefing, at the end of the briefing, uh, I will open it up to, like, questions. And then it would be like, hey, if you got any questions for me, ask more so than ever if it's anything that's Air Force-related not related to AEF or whatever I just got to talk about, hey, and I get a chance to sit down with the airmen and discuss things with them. But for the most part, uh, we can bring back AEF 101. I'm just going to be, be straight up. And not just for the airmen, not just for the airmen. I think we should have it for the NCOs. And uh, I did this at base one for the senior NCOs with their senior NCO PE. And I tailored it to talk about art to talk about their responsibilities as senior NCOs yep. with readiness. And they yep. had no idea. They had no yep. idea what art really was, what it looked like, yep. their responsibilities, what deployments looked like. It was amazing. I mean, the feedback yep. that I got from that senior NCO PE as a senior mm-hmm. NCO talking to other ones going, this is what it looks like. They mm-hmm. loved it. They had no idea. Yep. Huh. I, I, I've never heard of that. Um, yeah. Okay, no, that's a lie. So, I, I no, no, I've never heard of the AEF 101. I do know that at my first what? installation at Dias, we did, I want to say maybe two or three times, I remember going and talking to the FTAC folks. But I, I that was AEF 101. Yeah, that must have been what it was. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, all right. So, okay, Starlin, so you're, you're filling the IG gig right now. You say you're going out there and you're checking for compliance, right? Uh, I, I, I want to hear about that. We want to hear about that. But can you tie in at some point how being an instructor and, and having that training for three years has kind of helped you uh, as you do your compliance inspections and as you engage with our wings in the Pacific? It's actually really right interesting. Now. Yeah. I can tell you right no, now, no, it's, it's, probably, it's probably definitely emotional intelligence. You're right. You're right. And a lot of it is interflight team dynamics uh it's change management my god the things that and there's so many people one of the first questions that i would ask my als class when they would show up is how many of you were told that als is worthless and you need to go there you need to pass the test you need to come back to the job you need to do your job 80 percent this is three and a half years worth of teaching 80 percent raised their hands that said their leadership so, I'm not saying chiefs or commanders. I'm saying supervisors told them yep. that ALS was worthless. I agree. That's, I, I that's hard. Yeah, man, that's yeah. hard. That's hard to overcome when people are saying what, what, what I'm teaching is, is worthless. You just need to go back there to the work center and, and get the job done. Hey, uh, but, I wonder. But now, but now what I, now what I get is, <clears throat> now what I get is, Hey, this is going to be a great opportunity uh, you're going to learn some things, but really what you're going to learn is you're going to learn networking. You're going to understand that everybody doesn't know what you do, understand what you do, and you're going to grow 
as an individual because you're gonna be exposed to a lot of things you never were exposed to. That's what I hear now. For all PME I, levels of PME. Yeah, I heard that more at, at NCOA, uh, which mm-hmm. some people still at NCOA had those same feelings, but then they came around and was like, well, it's the networking. But what I tried to give to my my airmen when I was the instructor was, look, I'm working on my, I think it was my master's degree at the time. I'm like, look, I'm working on my master's degree in management. I'm telling you right now. And sometimes I would actually bring my physical book that I was studying, working on my master's degrees to the class. And I want to say, look at this, look at this lesson right here on change management. Look at this about feedback. Um and I would open my book up. I didn't read from it, but I'm like, what I am learning at a, at, at a master level program for a master's degree is the same thing that we are trying to teach you as an enlisted force, as a senior airman. These are not skills that are just BS to throw out the window. These are tried and true. And the Air Force is spending money. They want to develop our, our enlisted at the very yeah. basic supervisory level. And Man, I when I explained that to them, I think I got, you know, there's some change. For the people who cared about it, there was some change. But, um, you know, there's not getting to everybody. How would you deal with the wood seekers? What was that? How would you deal with the wood seekers? Oh, the award seekers. Um, Yeah. It wasn't so much about, there were some people who wanted to do more. They wanted to do great. But the deal is, is that the awards were never just, you can't get the award off of my approval. It didn't right. matter. There were absolutely um, leadership points that I could give to people, but there were peer points. So if you sucked up to me too much, your peers might not like that. And they're not going to give you peer points. And at the right. end of the day, it was mostly your scores in your tests and everything else that were going to take you there. The, the icing on the cake and the cherry and everything else, if anything, the icing on the cake came from your peers. The cherry on the top came from me. This was years ago. I don't know if it, it still makes – if it's still the no, same. But No, they, they, um, no, they still they still do it. I, I know that in um, for peer points, when I was in NCOA in Germany, um, I made it a point to uh, – to sell my peer points to others. So if they wanted to win the <laughs> award, it was, it was, it was I hate you yeah. to die. So, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, um, it's hustle, man. That's what you gotta do. So, okay. Uh, having, uh, so how much, and, and, and I do want to go down this, this rabbit hole a little bit. When we're talking about people coming in and having some, uh, uh, misconception about what, ALS can do for you as as a, as an airman, right? How much of that do you think is cultural within each of the functional areas? Uh, would you say that somebody who has more of an admin AFSC or yeah, or a customer service AFSC looks at that the same way as somebody on the flight line, such as myself in aircraft maintenance, whose main job it was to turn wrenches, and that's it. No. And so I, do, you, do you think it's cultural? Do you think it's it, it's it doesn't matter? I think no. it is because. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, man, Starling can debunk me. But I think it is because I think people who don't deal with people on an everyday basis grow more in PME than people who deal with people on an everyday basis. So like an admin person who professionalism is shoved in their face every day will probably not appreciate PME more than uh, a maintenance person who 
and stuck on a flight line and don't have to worry about professionalism, I think it grows a person who doesn't deal with people every day versus a person who deals with people every day. That's I my agree opinion. with you. And, and part of it too is, I'll just take it from log plans before I even knew what log, that log plans even existed when I was mm -hmm. an ALS instructor. Those that were admin knew how to write MFRs. Um, yep. They were more, they, they knew more about feedbacks. They knew mm -hmm. what was more expected of them. They, their writing was better. Um, communication type of things were better. Um, it, I loved having the maintenance on there though, because they're, their viewpoint was so critical to make every to tie everything in to get those different viewpoints. But yes, those, as we should say, noners, I guess, did have a leg up when it came to ALS because their writing, their MFRs, their physical writing were were better. It was better. What was the craziest story you heard somebody tell you in ALS or tell you or the classroom in ALS? Or the oh craziest thing you, you um, saw or the craziest thing you saw happen while you were an instructor? Oh, God, there were so many. There were so many. Um, people actually reminded me. Yeah, um, Go ahead. people absolutely lying to me about their homework assignments. People cheating. Yeah. Um, there was a yeah. I want to say there there was not a lot of that, but uh, we caught them. I, I'll so one specific thing I can remember. It was a speech, and they were supposed to give a heritage speech on their choice, and one person chose John Levito. And wow. he, yeah, yeah, very common one, very common one. And he, he was one of those guys that if, if you get nervous, he tells a lot of jokes. And so when he was up there, he kind of got flustered and he compared, <laughs> he compared John Levito's actions with taking a hot pocket out of the microwave and trying to eat it after two minutes. Well, true story. Uh, but, okay, I get, but I get it. it. Sticks I, out so, to my, it sticks out. I'm such a yes. I'm such a freaking. I'm such a dumbass. I get it, and, and, and I laugh because I'm like, you know what? I get what he was trying to do on there. Was it the same? No, no you don't. No, you don't. Yep. Stop lying. No, you don't. What did you get? Yep, what, yep, how yep. do you get it? What is it? What is it? What is it? So he's talking about Explain like the, okay. So what he's talking about, oh shit! I hope I get this one right. Is from what Levito did. Man, see, was, he is he, went, on the spot. he jumped on the, yeah. So he jumped on the freaking uh, the munitions, right? The flares that were going on in the uh, C. It wasn't a C one thirty. I think it was AC. Well, I came or it you was don't on even aircraft. have to be specific. It's totally fine. Yeah, but he jumped on that AC forty seven. He jumped on that and he risked his life without thinking about anything. Uh, to service before self, right? So, so how I can so, so I can get so I can get the relation <laughs> that you know damn well that if you take a hot pocket right out of the microwave without blowing on it or letting it sit, or letting it sit for half a day, you know what's coming. But service before self, I'm going to shove that thing down my mouth, right? So I get it, I get it, and I hope I'm right on that. If I'm not, we're going to cut this part out, uh, right. and we're back. <laughs> And, and just so we, nobody, and just so nobody knows, and we're back with uh, Star Lord. So uh, right, right. okay, so I like okay, so that's good. I like that stuff. So okay, I uh, I know Bracely, you've been uh, you've augmented our our IGs, our IG planners before. 
I never have. And so you can relate to this, but, uh, but I want to know what it is, what is it that you do for the wings when you go down there? And what are some of the things that you see that you like to help people with? All right. So Me? here we go. Uh, her. Our, our, her, oh. her. Sorry. No, cause oh. she guess. You asked her. She's yeah. That's what I was asking. No, that's what I was asking. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, so our main governing reg is AFI 9201. Um, we perform unit effectiveness inspections on the different wings for me, for PACAF. And we go on a cycle, which is a three-year for active duty, five-year for guard. And we perform three inspections in that cycle. One, on-site. Two, readiness. Three, capstone. For the on-site and the capstone, we cover different items. If you go back to that AFI, it goes over attachment three items. And that has actually been rewritten recently to make it very specific to combat readiness. When people think IG, you just think program compliance, but no, we are being made into like very focused on readiness and combat readiness. And what's great for log planners is four out of five of our pillars are required to be inspected. We are huge in this UEI. Um, so BSP deployments, ART and WRM are required in attachment three. Now support agreements aren't necessarily on there. Um, and Bracely, I wanna to talk to you about pilot units uh, later. Okay. They're not, okay. 401 isn't necessarily on there either, but it does not mean that just because it's not on attachment three that it's not inspectable. Everything is inspectable. But yep. AFI requires that I go and look at those because they have been identified as combat readiness. Like mm -hmm. APHIS, the Air Force Inspection System is saying, hey, these are highlighted. And man, we're huge on that, which is why it drives a manpower position on these IG teams, because what we provide to the wings, to the Air Force is so critical to combat readiness. And that's important to understand. Uh, so the onsite and the capstone, uh, usually on the onsite, I'm able to visit all the those requirements, but somewhere in between, we have this readiness eval or this readiness exercise. And man, the wings are out there doing readiness exercises all the time. So what makes, what's the big difference? Um, from the readiness exercise you do versus the one that we come out to inspect? Well, the difference is, is that we actually grade you now. Um, since November 2018, when the reg came out, we now actually provide a grade. And this is trying to change the mindset going from an AEF to mission execution and crisis response in a degraded environment. Bracely, um, I think you mentioned in the last podcast that some wings d hadn't done a phase one, phase two for 10 years. Yeah. How, wow. Um, PACAF is great because, you know, saying from PACAF, you were used to it. You were seeing it all the time. And that's what I'm seeing too. I mean, these guys are really great. I'm seeing awesome things from them, but not everybody is on the same page. So maybe, no. I'm thinking ACC mostly. I'm thinking ACC that hasn't done it as often and, and doesn't quite know what we're looking for. But um, we have specific things and your, your wing is now getting a grade and log plans is very huge to that point. So moving yep. from that AEF mindset to, to mission execution and crisis, uh, the MAGCOM role is we are evaluating your IG and WIT who are evaluating you. We're the evaluators of the evaluators. Yep. <laughs> and if you're yep. wondering who's hmm. the evaluator of the evaluator of the evaluator, yeah, people evaluate us too. Um, yep. Overall, we are trying to validate the wing's ability to generate, employ, and sustain 
Um, we're looking to make sure that they have resilience in ATSO or degraded environments, calm outs, bug outs, that kind of stuff. And then I, I think, I don't want to say it's the most important, but it's your wing's final report. I yeah. want to know what everybody captured. What is your wit doing? What did they capture? And did it get all the way to the wing commander and get into that report, which gets sent to us? And for me as a log planner, I look at everything that was written up. I compare to my notes of what I saw, what was going on. And as long as everything was written up truthfully and honestly, then we are good. We're good. But if, and sometimes this is difficult because sometimes your wit, the log plan's wit, if there is one, that maybe the commander doesn't allow those write-ups to go through or the MSG yep. or whatever, and they never end up in that final report. And that is doing mm -hmm. a disservice to your entire wing because yes, I have my own notes. I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. I have my own notes. I'm yep. tell, I'll even tell you what my own notes are. Um, so if that doesn't end up in that final report, your wing is going to get hit for the validity of your exercise because your findings and deficiencies did not end up there. Um, so, yeah. So one big part is the, the validity of the exercise. And we're looking at the scope, scale, the rigor, and log plans is a huge portion in that with the worst case scenario. And I think the AFI, even with the new release coming out, it said that uh, wing IGs, not IG, was it IGs? Um, maybe it was an IGs, maybe it was XP, are supposed to get with log plans and work out the worst case scenario. Well, your wing IGs before they're even planning these exercises need to know that. Uh, you need to know your O plans, you need to know your UTCs, you need to know what's going on, you need to provide that to your wing planners so that they are providing something that is a valid exercise. Don't send me that you're going to generate 30 people when your worst case scenario has something else, right? What is 30 people going to do for me? Maybe no 100, I don't know. Um, no question. So, yeah, go ahead. Does, does 90, um, 92 one still says that the IG will coordinate with the IDO on uh, like readiness exercise or deployment events? I don't, I don't remember seeing that. Um, I do regardless. I absolutely do. I liked reaching out and I, I mean, obviously I, I want to find out who I'm going to be meeting. I ask at least 30 days out, maybe even more for their current IDP, their worst case scenario. Um, actually these are due out for PACAF at least. I won't speak to mm -hmm. the other match comms, but I ask, I want to see them because it's, I, man, the worst is, I hate it. I don't want to show up to a wing on the start of their exercise and ask them very basic components of how they're executing when it's in a plan that I should have read before I got there. Um, I'm do huge you, on that. I need to do, do my you, preparatory work. So I want to read the BSP, the IDP, the anything else. I'll dig through their SharePoint. I will dig through everything that I can possibly get my hands on to be prepared. Um, and I encourage everybody on my staff to do the same thing. Do you ever have wings that just completely blow you off prior to their visit and don't send you the information that you requested? They so, do that. They, <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they do that, I'm telling you right now, if they do that, you might well go ahead and get that wing. A knock no. <laughs> So it's not so much of that. Um, there's different responses, right? Um, now the wing IG has 
uh, do outs. It's posted on our Facebook page. The wing IGs have do outs that they're supposed to provide to our wing. Um, some of those are very specific to log plans. And do okay. I reach out to the log plans at the same time? No, I, I try to give them time. But at the same time, if I'm trying to get ready, I'm going to say, hey, uh, wing or really log plans, the super and the IDO. Hey, they haven't sent us your IDP. I know you have it. Can you just send it to me? And I'm going to send it to my my NAF lead so we can upload it and say that it's good. I, there's a communication sometimes issue between the log plans and the wing IG, which yeah. is a great point okay. in itself. Yeah. I don't, the wing IGs might not necessarily know what an IDP or a worst case scenario, worst case scenario, people talk about, people use that term they, all the they, time. They better, they better and, know. But they don't necessarily know what it is. And that's, a, yeah, you're right. That's a problem. So sometimes when I'm, when we as IG are going through our briefings and we say we haven't received these things and I know that's an, a log plans thing and that is, and that is, I'll reach out to the log plans directly and go, Hey, can you please send this to us? Also, also, I need you to send it to your wing IG because they're, they're not sending it to us. So I don't know what the communication is. I try to reach out as much as possible and kind of facilitate the communication between the two, because at the end of the day, those w- that those wings that don't have that communication, that don't know what those items are, there's going to be a problem in the planning of the exercise in itself. Because if you did not know who your log planners are and you didn't involve them at the table, at the discussion, there's right. going to be problems anyway. So if I can make introductions and, and let them know who the people are who really run the cargo, um, the UTC, the, the people portion, all of that in generation, then I'll, I'll, I'm more than happy to make that introduction. Nice. So what? So Bracely, what are some of the things that? Well, no. Here, let me ask this a different way. So when you've you've been on the ground a year now, uh, I'm assuming you've been able to go on, uh, you know, a handful of visits. Is there something that you see that's a common issue at? at the wings and then bracely i'd like for you to, to to elaborate on that to see if you're if you saw the same thing stateside for the bases that you went out and augmented for who's going first uh starling oh is the question for me yeah oh. it was for both of you so so is there something that for you for you starling is there something that you saw uh, th- th- on on the inspections that you've been to, that's something like one or two things that are commonly showing up that are universal that you see at each base. And then Bracely, uh, elaborate on that. Is that something, based on what she, her answer, is that something you see stateside as well? Yeah. Yeah, got okay. it. Um, so th- the first thing is making sure that log planners are at the table. Uh, worst case scenarios, um, the exercise planning in itself, um, the assignment of wits is huge, okay? The exercise is not the time for training. Um, some bases, some bases do not have an assigned wit person, and I, I totally get that. I oh, wow. really do. Um, we don't have a lot of people, and you can't pull a person one hundred percent out of the shop without hurting the shop. So I'm absolutely okay with a wit person for me. I'm okay with a wit person still sitting in the shop, being a DSO monitor, doing whatever that they need to do. But they still need to be wit. And they still need to know that they have a different hat on or both hats at the same time, that if a problem comes up, 
in that exercise, they need to report it. They need to report it truthfully. And they might not be the senior NCO and that causes conflict, but they have a responsibility as that WIT member to not provide training, to not give info out before it's released. Okay. They might be privy <laughs> to some information and they cannot prep their people to know when things are going to happen before they happen. Um, so hopefully it's that same WIP member um, and not a different person, but maybe, uh, but they need to be present at the table. They need to help create those warnords, the TIFIDs, the UTCs that are being tasked. Um, how do you task UTCs without involving? I don't know how, I honestly, I don't know how they do any of this without involving log planners, but the deal, the deal is, is it shows, it shows in the exercises. So if they don't invite you as log planners, it impacts the validity and the execution of the own exercise of the wings. And that's what we need to emphasize. emphasize. So if they're not inviting you, you need to let them know right now who is speaking for you. Um, let them know the impact of poor products on execution and generation. Um, bring your O-Plan expertise. You look at art. They're using art to find out which UTCs to even task. Um, argue that non Maintenance ops UTC should be included in the exercise. Ops and maintenance yes. get passed all the time. Well, maybe, maybe all the time for for AVIs. But man, get some CE in there. Get some medical. Get some yes. F get LRS in there. You will see some what stuff. You will test your capabilities when you get your MSG people involved. That that's that's so huge, and I'm glad you brought that up. Embrace that. I didn't mean to cut you off with your response, but. Um, from having let's say hypothetically right when we start talking about how we're going to support operations in the future let's just say that you could take the the aviation package from luke air force base and deploy them to an aor but let's just say for whatever reason the combat uh the combat support from the ce from your comp from your med group from your lrs is not available for whatever reason. Let's just say there was something going on in that state and they're now doing natural disaster relief or whatever. There's no reason in the future why I can't then take the log plan shop from Columbus Air Base who has no aviation and deploy them out with the Luke uh, fighters to go somewhere. And so right. when, you know, uh, so when, go ahead, go ahead. Go, keep going, side before I don't want to interrupt you before you. Yeah, so so that's so we have to start working towards that um, for the exact reason you just stated. I mean, you might have you might be at a base, and this, I know it's going to be different for overseas, right? Uh, but you might have bases that are conus that say, "Hey, I'm at a, a at a cyber base, so if I'm at a log plant shop here, all I'm worried about is whatever we're supporting here." Well, what is the, What if your cyber mission for whatever uh, plans you support shows the preponderance of your forces staying? in place and what if there is no throughput and what if there's no stuff to receive you might think you're off you're off the hook that hey i just got to worry about what i'm doing here no your ass can be picked up all six or six of you five of you 12 of you your asses can be picked up and sent somewhere else in the world because you're available so so you need to know that we need to make sure that our planners have know those exercises and know how to do it for 30 people or a 12 ship f-22 package so anyways all right, so so let me explain to you, let me explain something to you. No base is going to uh, create an event that 
does not align with their strategic mission. Gotcha. For for the graded stuff. Yes, and I get that for what Starling's talking about going on there. But when we talk about – she said it too when she was explaining, like, hey, the time to practice isn't doing a graded event. It's the practice leading up to that. That's what I'm kind of referring to. Sorry. It was that. You know, I, I get it. If I'm at Columbus and I'm getting inspected, nobody's going to inspect me on the uh, – you know, I, and I don't know what Columbus has, but let's say the ability Again, to generate – the reason why the reason why I say this is because so in 90-201 attachment two, it literally states when it comes to a readiness assessment, it's spelled out. And additionally, what what a base is supposed to do, a weak command is supposed to do, is a weak command is supposed to uh, get the uh, get the uh, MASCOM uh, commanders or vice commanders intent on readiness. And with that being said, no base is going to waste money. And as we see, it's, it's a dollar, it's a dollar amount that's assigned to, to this. So keep that in mind. No base is going to waste money or spend money on a on a what if readiness approach when they have a readiness designation. If that makes sense. You're you're absolutely right. So part of the validity of the exercise, which is half of the the grade is looking to make sure that it is relevant and that it actually meets the designation. So if it's based off of an O plan, then we shouldn't be necessarily tasking UTCs that are outside of that O plan. But 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 wings might just because maybe a lot of their UTCs are already deployed and they still want to show a certain level of scale, uh, of rigor. So they want to try to get as much as they can. Um, that's usually not the case though. It's it's usually that we pick up the, the AVI, the maintenance and the ops, but we forget about everybody else or it's very small scale for the rest of the MSG. And we should be trying to pick up more of that to really emphasize, um, man, MXG, they've been doing it for so long and it's not always great, but it's these other ones that still have an O plan relevance, but we never task them. They never play for whatever the reason is, and well, we the, need the, to. Um, well, the reason is the well. The reason is just what you and Bracely just said. You know, if I go to a certain base, or let's just say whether maybe I stay in a certain command, they're maybe they're never going to get tasked. But that's not to say that they're not needed, right? Um, uh, yeah. And, and I think this goes back to what we what happened a couple of years ago uh, when it came down to force presentation, right? You had a lot of wings that were being asked to, uh, what do you got? And so that, and so this is just my opinion, right? What if the days of knowing exactly I'm at base X and at base X, these are the things that I could be asked to do and only these things. And so when it's time to exercise, I'm only going to exercise the things that I've been told that I need to worry about. Maybe those days are over. Maybe I need, well, not, so maybe the, maybe what I need to be looking at at base X now is, Hey, I need to be able, and I'm talking about from a log plants perspective only, not the whole week. Maybe as a log planner, I need to be training to anything and everything that's within my core competencies or identified on my CFETP. So in the event that I'm called from base X, who has F-16s, 
and I and I get deployed to support base Y that has heavy cargo, it's transparent to me. Fundamentally, I, I could support either or. And that's right. And that's, that's kind of where we went not, with the last, yeah. yeah, a couple of years ago, it was everything. We don't care what's on your open. We don't care about anything. What are your UTCs and are they capable right now? And we made a lot of changes. We had to start reporting different things that we didn't normally report on UTCs that whatever. But right now it's kind of working towards, look, if you have DW UTCs out there, we want to know. Uh, if they can deploy in any in, in any area, uh, regardless. Right. But with exercise planning, it's a little bit harder because you still have to focus uh, with, Bracely, you, you talked about um, the commander's intent. That's huge for us. Uh, we look at a commander's intent first and <clears throat> foremost. We want to see what those objectives are. We want to see exactly what they're exercising, what their goals are. Um, they can add, they can absolutely add things that are not in the O plan to add rigor, to add relevance to that exercise. Right. And that's completely okay. It, um, so it's important, I think we go back to that, that question of what log planners provide in the time frame that we need it. Um, there's a time frame. it goes back to attachment seven of, of 9201. And PACAF has its own SUP and we have a SharePoint site and we have a list of do outs. And there are do outs there from me that say, I want your BSP part two, that I want your IDP, I want your the TIFID, what are you exercising? And I want any orders that the log planners are hopefully log planners, but other people might be creating. So I can look at all these different timeframes and see exactly how you're executing. But although it should be based off an O plan, sometimes, man, if I'm a wing and I know that MSG has a huge responsibility and maybe not in this O plan, but we haven't exercised them in a long time. Let's go ahead and task them. Let's task them anyway. I mean, who's to say yeah. that they're not tasked? Just because it's not an O plan doesn't mean the O plan can't change. Doesn't mean right. that another tasking can't come down to supplement that. It had that is no plan is a is a planning doc. I mean, it's it's a planning document for an operation. But maybe some other wing that was tasked fell through and they were clamored, and now my wing has it. And we, I mean, it's an art. So maybe we Ooh, should please don't bring it. up that. No, so <laughs> art, so so Bracely, this is something that um, that maybe you'll see between now and the end uh, in October when you leave there, man. Um, this happened. What she just described happened uh, earlier this year, right? With the uh, in, in the AOR in, in the Sencon AOR, you had capabilities that were beat that had got through the GFM process allocated to combat uh, COCOM a in this part of the world. And then due to the threat level and due to the SECDEF uh, going to the joint chiefs and saying, Hey, or the service components going to the SECDEF saying, Hey, I'm in the other AOR and shit's getting crazy over here. I know it hasn't got crazy in a long time, but I need to take their capabilities now. And that shit got shifted over there. So, you know, it, yeah, a lot you're talking about is the, the O plants. Of course, we live in this AEF mindset right now, but, but, and, and this could just but be that's me what being, we're being, a, being from a with these REs. Correct. Correct. That, that's, that's, and that's, that's what exactly we need to be ready to move away from. So, this, this is, uh, man, like, it, okay, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'll be, let's, go, be let's, with go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So, at, 
So when we had these conversations, man, and, and so everybody out there is listening, understand this. When we had these conversations, I go back and be like, yo, sometimes I say some things that that's unfair to the system. So like, I know I rag on HBOD, uh, and I think they deserve probably 60% of the negative comments I have towards HBOD. <laughs> um, but I want to I want to say this because I understand and you know I understand that um, their hands are tied behind their backs. I, I, I understand that. But if we're trying to get away from the AEF mindset, why do we keep relying on art to tell us what we need and what we have? That's the first Ooh. question. Ooh. Second, second, second question is uh, is this. Well, no, not second question, second. This is a, also this is kind of like a statement. Man, we've been robbing people to pay Paul for so long that we don't even, that, that, that it's like, it's almost like a, it's almost like second nature because when they be going and doing all these little specific, I'm not going to use exact terms, all these little specific get togethers that they do, um, they identify capes and then turn around and have another conference in another area and they identify the same exact capability in the other area but nobody ever even nobody ever even has a conversation um across the areas to make sure that they're not bumping heads and we've been doing it for so long now i'll give you a perfect example i was at station at a base and we were you know putting our bsp together and literally, another service had a whole plan for that entire base, and it didn't it didn't include nothing of what was actually planned to come to come through that base. So they were planning on establishing they were planning on establishing a whole operation at the base that I was at. But we, as a BSP managers, OPR, didn't even know they were planning that. They didn't say nothing to us. So, nothing. so man, Bracely, it almost sounds like what if, what if, just hear me out, what if we had some sort of joint planning system that all the services all use so that when I'm Army goofball and I'm trying to go into, let's just say, <laughs> Osan, and I think I'm going to put all my donkeys over there, on day one, two, and three, because they got a thousand beds and I got a thousand people that I know that, oh shit, two days to the left of that, the the Navy brought in and the Marines brought in 10,000 of their folks, right? Um, that's tough, especially if, so I, I don't know what base you're at, but especially if, if you guys are responsible for the base, uh, the, the base operator, the base support there, and nobody knows who you guys are as log plans. Only a log planner would know that there's a, uh, uh, a BSP. Or the base program, right? That's, that's actually that's oh. a pretty that's a pretty relevant hey, issue which, in, in which, uh, PACAF. Yeah, but, but which is why I say we need to get rid of base. But I hate to say that and talk to the hey, person who's oh, there. No, 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 see, see, no, no, no. I'm with you. See, I, but I, but but you got to be careful because uh, the person that we're having a discussion with, you know, that that's that's a situation he's he's championing right now. You know, he uh, he got he has two years to champion that project, but. Uh yeah, come up with a system that actually is legit and kind of like kind of like what you said, kind of like what it was a conversation we had. Uh, I ain't gonna put you out there, oh uh, Gonzo, but uh, kind of like a conversation <laughs> we had where 
we we established a, a, a system where all of all of the uh, all the people with the real money invest, and they uh, they they established that for all the components and services to use, so that uh, those uh, those stars can have a real assessment of what's established. Correct. Uh, in those other areas, so they they don't be since they don't say, hey, you know, we got these got these uh these F twenty twos from from whatever base the F twenty twos come from. They gonna come over here and sit down and 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 do their little mission over here. But then somebody else is like, yo, we got the same F twenty twos from the same base. Come over here, yeah, do the same yeah. thing. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's and uh it, and what's scary is that maybe it's gonna take something like what was going down what almost three years ago now. Four at uh in the Pacific. Yeah, right. I mean, what 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 would have yeah, happened? Right. It, it, yeah, what would have happened yeah, if right. that really went down? Um, uh, so so yeah, we would have made it. Okay, we, we, we would have made it happen. We 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 would have made it happen. Like honestly, we get we get it done. We find a way to get it done. We, we would have made it happen. Uh, that honestly, we would have. But it, but it's just like you know, everybody thinks they're a priority when everybody mm-hmm. is actually truly a priority. But everybody doesn't right. want to. Uh, everybody fears the fact that the capabilities they need won't be available, so they just say, "Yeah, it'll be available." And you're right, and you're right, and everybody. To and... Why... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think that's why they use art because these are wing level planned exercises, right? So, what are they supposed to use, um, if not art? Uh, should we? And I, I will tell you this right now: wings purposefully tasked. Art UTCs that may or may not be part of the uh, O plan usually are that they know are not good to go. They look at it and they par- they plan that it's not good to go, and we're going to task it anyway to practice the reclama portion of it. And that's great. I have no issue with that. Even if they task something that's not part of the O plan, because that's the way that we're going. Is if it's part of an O plan, if it's not, you don't know whether it's going to be reclamed from anybody else or whatever. Hey. All hands available. What do you got? And that's what we're kind of so, looking at now. Now, for planning, it's really easy to go off an O plan, which is why they do it. But you okay? But you say that they. Um, and this, I'm ignorant to this. I don't know the answer. So, for a, for these exercises, right? Are we exercising? And, and I'm sure there's rule sets in there that say, "Hey, we're going to waive these particular deployment availability codes." Um, should it be that, or should it be they, like, hey, they do, that, uh, they, do that, they, they do that, they do that crap all the time. But then that's the, the, the jacked up thing is, and I know we're supposed to be twenty four seven, three sixty five. Then you turn around <laughs> and tell us, uh, you turn around and tell us, hey, we want to be predictable, we want to be predictable, we want y'all to be yeah. encryptable, we're gonna be transparent. That's the AEF mindset. But uh, <laughs> let's be let's be real, folks. Let's be real. Let's be real. Things happen all the time. And then they turn around and say, okay, we got this emerging, this huge emerging situation, and these are the rule sets you got to use. The reason why I got it, you got to use these rule sets is because we don't want to break the AEF. But then you keep Correct. telling us that we need to get away from the AEF, but you're really not doing that. And I'm saying yeah. that because every, uh, over the past week, and Gonzo, you know, you probably would have been proud of me or you probably were laughing. But everything you said that I was going to walk into when I got here yeah. started happening last week. And I was like, man, we need to fix this. This is garbage. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is horrible. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, oh. it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's like, man, you know, like, 
it's 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 almost to the point to where it's embarrassing. It, it well, that's the thing is it, everybody is is focused yeah. on the AEF mindstruct, but every commander's senior leadership is comfortable with readiness reporting from a material readiness perspective, like in DERS. But what is mission readiness from an execution perspective? Um, DERS and art is one thing, but we got to execute. We got to make sure that's out there. Um, how do they know they are ready? Um, so after it, even these exercises, we go back to their art and their DERS and go, did you, after you identified all these issues, did you go back into DERS and really tell it like it is? Are you really highlighting what your capability is right now? And, and they and they should. And so it, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's been a couple of years since I've been at the wing, but both DERS and ART, those are assessments, right? That's not actually, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to assess. Yeah. Yeah. And so other than game time, which is what you do, you and your teams that go over there, I mean, how, how do we really tell them that? I mean, let's just say you go out there in January of 2020. And if you don't come back until January 2022, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how how effective is that? How, I mean, I, I just don't I don't know how much less the log planners. I'm talking about the whole wing. How do you, how do we really know? How do we really measure that day to day? I mean, this if we if we look at it right, let's just say I'm the uh, uh, I'm the coach of the football team. And it, oh, Bracely, by the way, I, I took this because I was listening to your uh, to your uh, uh, your interview earlier uh, prior to this podcast. Mm. So if I look at there, and I'm and I'm the coach, right? I'm the coach, and I'm looking at it, and as the coach. To me, I, I'm a coach of a football team. I'm the uh, commander of a wing. And I'm looking at all my players. And each of my players represents a UTC, right? I go out there and I practice Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. And then on Sunday, for 17 weeks in a row, I play a game. So every week by, sun, by Monday morning at 06, I know exactly how good my team is and where our faults are. How, do we, how can we get that same sort of feedback when we're only inspecting people, I, I don't even know what the what the iterations are. You know, every twelve months, every twenty four months. Yeah, so it's uh, three years for active duty, five years for guard, um, and it really comes down to the MAGCOM. It's not ORI days. It's not now. There may be changes in the future, but right now, the MAGCOM's role is we evaluate your evaluators. So wit. Your IG is crucial in making sure that these exercises are realistic and truthful. And right now, the MAGCOM, the MAGCOM responsibility is making sure when that report comes back. Now, we might not inspect for you know three more years, but we are trying to make sure that that report that comes back to your, we are reporting to your wing commander that yes, your IG, your wit are telling you the truth, and it might not be the case. Um, so so what, what we look at is the, the validity of the exercise in general. And we, we try to make sure that it's a valid exercise before we even go out there, right? Because that makes the most sense. But the, the rest of it is, did your people tell you the truth? And right now the overall grades are valid, yes. It's a valid exercise and it was reported accurately. Uh, valid qualified, yes was it was a sufficient exercise and it was reported accurately. Valid no was it was not a sufficient exercise and it was not reported. So your wit, meaning the log plans wit, especially because it's a huge responsibility when it comes to generation um, 
and execution and, and, and everything else, it, we have to report it accurately and we have to be part of the, the planning when it comes to these exercises. Hmm. So, and, and Bracey, this has got brought up several times in the previous podcast. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll ask that for, for responses from both of you on this. Taking your, your wings mission aside and just strictly looking at what our core competencies are in our CFETP, could we create an exercise, let's just say through no. headquarters Stop or asking that question. Stop asking that question. No. No. Stop asking you that question. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. The reason why you can't is because we got in garrison support. Then you can't. Like you can't do that. Stop stop asking that question. No, 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 like, no, we no, got every about... base every base every base has two to three missions. The AEF is an auxiliary mission that has now become primary the primary mission. And every base can't even execute their own mission because the AEF has overtaken that mission. No, no, okay, hold on, hold on. So let, every, no, let, can, let me finish. Yeah. Let me finish. I'm I'm talking about <laughs> For log planners, for log planners and log planners only. No, no. So, so you don't think we could create an exercise? No. That would be universal. That log planners, no. regardless of where you're at, would help no. you. Would help you <laughs> get ready for get ready for game time. And here's why I asked, Bracely. No. What if what if what if Airman Gonzalez goes from Goodfellow Air Force Base to Columbus to Keesler? Right, and then I'm and then I'm tasked to go support the F-35s out of Eglin, shooting down the next Saddam. And I sit there, and everybody else who came from bases with ADIs look at me like, "You're a dumbass." Wouldn't Airman Gonzalez want to have would have liked to have been given the opportunity to exercise? Because at the end of the day, the planning and execution, I get it. We ex each wing will execute different based on their mission. However, fundamentally, we're doing the same thing. So why wouldn't it work? Why wouldn't I just be, if I just had the chance, because if I could deploy a damn 12-ship, uh, a lead 12-ship package of F-35s with a six-ship follow-on and a six after that, I could sure as shit deploy out 150 people over the course of four days, right? Why, why wouldn't but, it work? But again, you, you, but again, you keep asking that question, and I keep telling you, ain't no commander gonna sit here and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna make this. Um, I'm gonna do a mate. I'm gonna do a, a event to train just four people how to do their job, and I'm gonna spend two hundred thousand dollars for three days to do this event." So do so do I even need to involve anybody outside? of of my team what if somebody in our career field made something right i'm talking about from orders down to tip bids down to readiness reporting down to a uta down to something in logmod or whatever logmod turns up in being that strictly involves nobody else other than the members of the dcc i'm not talking about bringing in vehicles right, you know, i'm talking about you, you know you know, you know you know whose job that is you know whose job that is? Who? The superintendent's job. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but so you said who? 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 It's the superintendent's job. 
Tell the superintendent to do their job. Well, what if they <laughs> what but but again I'll play devil's advocate, Bracely. Not all men and women are created equal. What if we have a brand new cross trained superintendent? Do we just kind of you throw our hands up in the air? Stop, and, and they, you, you shouldn't. And, and MFMs, you just stop doing that to them, to them people. Hey, <laughs> so thank you. So yeah, shots fired. And I was one of those people. I was one of those people. So we can't just expect it. But um, we cannot just make a blanket statement when it comes to exercises. Um, and there's actually discussions right now going on in all the for all the MAGCOMs on how we're supposed to make this because we have specific kind of uh, grade sets on what we're supposed to evaluate on and what our matrix looks like. And, but, but the missions for everyone are different, especially in PACAF. Uh, there are some places that are more deployment heavy and some are reception heavy. And with PACAF, it's, it's a lot of mix, mix and mash. So, how do we grade that? How do we make it equal between everybody when everybody's mission is not the same? And those discussions are actually happening right now. They're working for, it's kind of on hold right now with COVID, but they are pushing forward with trying to figure out how do we create the right readiness exercise evaluation systems for the different wings when their missions are different. Um, should we focus more on a degraded environment? Because it's not just about phase one, phase two. It's about focusing on the degraded environment too, yep. as well as reporting. So which ones do we hit on? Which, which ones do we not really care about? When it comes to generation, should we care about here when their OPLAN or anything else doesn't really have a deployment capability? Um, or are they reception heavy? And is that where we're going to focus on? So... We know the places in PACAF that are reception heavy. So why am I even looking at generation? Why are we even making that part of their reporting when it's not part of what they do on the daily? Uh, so for AC, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I'll say that it's in the works. It's being talked about. There are since 2018, which was before I even got in PACAF and this first thing kicked off, they are continuously reevaluating making sure that it's applicable. We want to get to readiness. So whatever readiness means to each of the wings and how we get there, they're absolutely looking at it. That's good to know. That's good to know. And, and yeah, and, and I get it, Bruce. I, I bring it up too much. Um, but, but let's just say I've been known to have a problem with attention to detail, especially when it comes to posting recaps of the previous podcasts. On the Facebook page, you called me out on that a little earlier before this show, which I think is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it it was good, it was good, and I apologize. Um, I, I didn't I did not I did I I didn't realize that the relationship that uh, uh, that you guys had back then with the track team was more of a Jerry Sandusky type relationship as opposed to uh, team. <laughs> <And, laughs> oh, man, that is jacked up. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey any, uh, I, I've, said, I've said this at least three times in the past couple of weeks. Anybody else want to jump on and be this dude co-host? Cause, cause, cause out, man. No, man. No, so, okay, no, great conversation, guys. Um, I love this. And so um, we've covered quite a bit, right? Uh, and I like it. So, Starling, you talked a little bit earlier 
when you and I were chatting, right, about, uh, you know, talking about the cats and whatnot. But you said, hey, I, I don't know how much you've noticed on my Facebook page. And I didn't notice this, but, but I started to notice that, that you put a lot of interactions that you've had with online dating, like just conversations <laughs> you've had with, uh, with, with people on there. And so I don't know about Bracey. Bracey, I know you, uh, you have a beautiful family, beautiful wife and kids. And so you're married, um, but I'm not. Starling, you're not. I, I believe you said you were married before, right? Um, so I am That's very correct. familiar. Yeah, I'm very familiar with online dating, right? I would say like I'm like are. that. I'm like that. You know, I'm like that command chief type type online dater, right? I got I got a little bit of clout are you in that serious? community. Are, are, I, oh, yeah. really? 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 Well, you know. So All right, man. Okay. So let's just say, <laughs> all right, let's just say that I don't want to brag, but let's just say that like I won the levito when it came to to plenty of fish, right? So, but but anyway, you won, so you won a hot pocket. I won. I won a hot pocket. Exactly. You got a hot pocket. Believe me, by hot pocket, I I, I freaking I, I made some bad decisions on there. But no, but all, all jokes aside, so so how is it? So so how is it for a female in twenty twenty? a successful female like yourself with a, with a, uh, a wonderful career trying to date. So right now I want to warn everybody, all of my leadership um, right now, the, the, the stuff about IG is over. So we're going to, we're going to dilly <laughs> in some other stuff. So if you want to turn it off right now, <laughs> if you want to, but I want to make sure we know the IG stuff is over. Cause I'm going to send it to them and they're going to listen. I have no problems having them listen to my, my dating stuff, but yeah. I the unofficial. Yeah. The unofficial. Totally unofficial. The they're going to love it. They're going to know more about me that they didn't even know that they wanted to know. So it's, it's actually, it's a kind of a, an interesting issue because the military military females make up what 18, 20% of the air force. And um, what you notice is if you meet a lot of military females who are married, they're married to other military, military. people. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're mill to mill. And man, hey, look, I, I didn't capture y'all. If you are if you are married to a civilian guy who is willing to to drop their career and I hate I hate saying follow you support you in all the different places and support the military, then that's awesome. But you're not going to find a whole lot of guys that are willing to do that. Um, for the last, I think I've been on online with dating apps for the last three years. And <laughs> it's been, it's been funny. It's been really, really funny. And I post on my Facebook, some of the comments that I get that are just ridiculous. Um, most of them I get are just, hey, how you? How you doing? I like Rick and Morty. Oh, thank you. I like Rick and Morty, too. Um, that's a funny South Park quote. I think so, too. But um, <laughs> it's really hard being... I'm God, I'm 37 now. And I just... I've been on the online dating app for like three years. And it's hit and miss with what you find. Um, I've I've seen videos of how I shouldn't complain and how I shouldn't because it's harder for guys it's harder for guys and that's it and 
So when guys send me a message that say that says, hey, <laughs> that somehow I should be grateful. <laughs> this is a true thing, man, that somehow I should just be grateful that a guy reached out and said, hey, because there are guys out there that get zero messages. They get zero likes. They get zero anything. So I have been told that I should be grateful that when a guy reaches out and says, hey, or how are you, or you have a nice smile, I should be grateful. Um, you know, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's, man, go for it. Go for no, it. Bracely, what do you think about that? What do you think about men that would say that to a woman? Oh, they arrogant. So do you, I, I'd agree. Right. I, I, I'd agree. So would you say that, is that the, is that the norm? I mean, it, let's just say you get 10 messages. Um, out of those 10, how many of them are what, what, what you would consider a gentleman or how many of them are just douchebags? Um, douchebags. No, I, I can't because they're, <laughs> a lot of them are, you know, honestly, they're just, I, I won't hit on them because they, they, well, not that many. They're really, probably really nice guys. But the deal is, is that women get so many hits and I'm, I'm, I will not speak for women, but they probably get a lot of comments. And these guys probably when they started out provided with actual responses to their profile, they provided real actual meaning, meaningful conversations. And then they just get ignored or they get brushed off or they get nothing. So, I mean, why should they continue on with the, these conversations if they've never even met the person? There's no dialogue created. Maybe now it's just a, hey, um, I can totally get that. I, I used to respond to you three years ago. I used to respond to every single person that sent me a message. And if I Jesus. wasn't interested based on their profile and their picture, I would provide a response. Thank you so much for messaging me. We're not a match. I don't think we're a match, but best wishes for you. And some of them actually responded saying, what's the problem with you? Why did you even respond to me if you weren't even interested? What kind of woman are you? Blah, blah, blah. And they would go on a tirade. And I was like, wow, I thought I was being courteous. But then other people, when I was like, all right, so I won't respond. Well, then other people came out and like, are you too good to respond to me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, wow. Okay, so there's no winning. So I'm going to take the path of least resistance and save myself from a message, I guess, um, if that's what the deal is. But the deal with the... Uh, so <laughs> I got a message today uh, that, that said something like, oh, so you read 12 books this month. Um, something along the lines of, I call you a liar, debate that. Sorry, I just wanted to bust your balls, dot, 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 if you only had them. That is a true, that is a true fact. Oh. I swear to God, I will pull it up right now. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. There's no way you're reading 12 books. Uh, do you realize that something... Let's see you debate your way out of that. Sorry, just had to bust your balls. If only you had some. That's that. That's geez, that, that was the intro. It's like that's that's a pretty good guy right there. <laughs> that's 
that's, I was like, that, yeah. that's insane. I, well, I can't. Uh, I, I did. So I did the online dating thing for for quite a while. Actually, I, I mean, uh, uh, my current girlfriend, Megan, and I, we met um, doing the online dating thing while I was in uh, Nebraska. And so, yeah, I, I, I can't um, look. I'm not a good looking guy by any means. Right. But. I can't imagine what it must be for some guys on there who are like, I mean, let's just be honest, who are ugly, right? And to, 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 to try to go on there and compete and just do whatever it takes to get the attention of just one girl. It's got, it, it's got to be horrendous. I was never that hard, hard up to date anybody. I have I, too much stuff going on in, in Nebraska anyways. But, um, but yeah, but okay. But having said that, I cannot fathom what it must be like in 2020 to be a woman trying to do the online dating thing. Because, I mean, especially right now during hell, during the COVID thing, right? I mean, I'm guessing the majority of the people are doing online interactions. I just can't imagine. I mean, because I would guess that the majority of the men who are out there who are on these sites are probably good men, right? But for whatever reason they send a message to a woman and they think it's just fair game that it doesn't matter. What do I say to a girl? It doesn't matter how I treat her. It doesn't matter what I send her in a damn paragraph or less. She needs to hear it. And I'm the only one that's going to tell her. And so I can't imagine what you get. I mean, that's, it's gotta be tough. It's gotta be tough. I mean, I just can't imagine waiting through the bullshit. You got people no, lying think, to you. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got people lying to you when you go out to do inspections at the IDRC. You got people lying to you online about how many <laughs> books you read. Shit, shit man. Is... <laughs> like I'm lying. Why would I lie about being a nerd? That's that's not a woman could read. Why would I ever say that I would read twelve books in a month? That's uh, in some societies, that's not a good quality to have. Um, but I think it's it comes down to it's a difference. So there's some guys that, that have really reached out and they've really tried and they've actually tried to respond in detail to things and they've been brushed off, which is why, hey, why should I go through all that when I could just say, hey, and if you're interested based on my profile, my pictures, then you'll respond if you want to. Um, on the next step is people who respond only on your looks. And I'm a lot of women respond to that, right? Nice smile, nice hair, nice. Oh, wow. You look hot. I, I don't, I don't like that. I really don't like that stuff because I'm more of a personality driven person. And if I don't want to talk about my profile because it's ridiculous and it's stupid, it talks about labyrinth and David Bowie's tight pants and my fear of spiders and, um, <laughs> Not liking Quentin Tarantino movies, but loving uh, Futurama and a Family Guy and American Dad and Rick and Morty. I'm huge on it. And uh, Bill Nye being my Patronus. So you have to be a really big nerd. I gave the Konami code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B-A select star. Yeah, that's right. Got it. B-A-B-A start. B-A-B-A start. And just for you guys who don't know, she's talking about 30 lives with Contra. That's what that code is. It'll get you. Are you sure that. it's B-A-B-A? B-A-B-A start. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A start. God damn it. Now I got to. B-A select start. 
Oh my God! Get your life together. Get your life together. These these are important. These are important nerdy questions, sir. These are important. Or oh my God! And, Did I get you, it wrong? And you better do it. And so, you better do it on. And you better do it on time. If you don't, you're gonna be starting the game over. So I'm looking right now. Contra. Yeah, that's right. Contra code. Was, contra code is left, right, B, A, start for the contra code. Yeah, that's what lines. I said. Yeah. Hey, that's what hey, I said. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all yeah. know what I bought? Y'all know what I had? Y'all want to know what I had? Real talk. What? I had Atari. the game gene. So I had the game gene. So I didn't have to do all the extra stuff that y'all talking about. Oh, I, I remember that. The game genie. I remember the game yeah. genie. Yeah, get it right. Yep, the game genie. Damn. Yeah, but so all these these nerdy things I I put on my profile and it's just completely ridiculous just like my personality now my home life personality and what I do if you ever on my Facebook with my weird pictures of my cat that I dyed her pink um I saw that my paintings that I do anything that I do is my my personal life is just weird and I made that into my profile and so when somebody comes back at me and just says hey or nice smile I'm like you only look at my pictures. You didn't read anything about me. It's kind of, I mean, that kind of takes away about who I am as a person and just makes it about my physical looks. And, uh, you know, there's a whole society thing about that, that it just is what it is. But I don't have to respond to anybody if I don't want to. And there's people that have responded to me that they were going through issues or whatever. And my response was, hey, look, Thank you for messaging me, but we're not quite a match. Good for you. Uh, not good for you, but best of wishes. Um, anybody who comes back that says that I'm wrong with that, look, it's not my job as a, a woman at all, regardless of age, to fix anybody. That's not our role at all. So I'll speak to all women right now. Your role when you meet men, if they're not right in the time of where they are and what they're doing, I don't talk about their money or that kind of stuff. But if they're not emotionally ready for what you are ready for, then just let it go and move on and keep doing your thing and take care of yourself and you'll be great. And uh, I'll add for most men right now, um, I'm sure everybody would agree that as a man and you're doing some online dating, you'll put up with some shit. I mean, you have, you might have a girl who uh, pretty face and she's like, Hey, I just, uh, I just killed a cat and I put it on YouTube and, and we might say, ah, okay. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll pick you up at two. And so, you know, that's, that's okay. Then that's okay. No, no. All jokes aside. Uh, um, yeah, that it, it's tough. It, it's tough waiting through the bullshit. It's even tough waiting through the bullshit as a guy. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I found somebody special. Uh, I'm glad I found somebody I enjoy spending time with, and just somebody that'll put up with the with the crazy ass shit that I do and that I'm into as well. Um, so hey, we've been going now for thing. about an hour. That's the thing right there. Yeah, so we've been going for about an hour and fifteen now. So hey, I'll tell you what. Let's go in and let's get this thing wrapped up. I know Brace is going to go in early tomorrow, and and, uh, and and I'm doing travel voucher stuff all day tomorrow. Um, one thing I want to ask: I saw your paintings. You do some very cool paintings. I'm into that style that you do. I, I definitely like that. Uh, would you consider if we helped? Uh, I say we as in the community helped maybe donate towards it. 
doing something for like the log plan shop. Maybe something we can hang up in the in the A four office, or, or 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 maybe something for the show. You're very talented, and I and I like your style. I would like that if I had actual, like, I I can't paint. If you ask me to paint a house or even a cat, I can't do that. Um, you give me a topic. If you say log plans, paint it. You're gonna get a you're gonna get some chaos right there. Um, I'm an abstract that painter, so I really can't paint <laughs> anything of specifics or anything that anybody would actually recognize. No, that, that's 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 fine. I'll, I'll talk I'll talk with Bracely and we'll uh maybe we'll figure out like a word or a topic. But I think that would be good. Like, hey, 2020 log plans, paint it. Maybe something like that, right? And just see what that looks like because uh, I think it would be cool. And uh, yeah, but anyways, um, all right. Well, go ahead. Uh, it's your uh, you have your final words, Star Lord, and then Bracely, you take us out, man. Donka Donka, what I want to emphasize is the importance that we're moving from AEF readiness to mission execution, and that we need prominent wits that are going to take off their hat, make sure that they're reporting effectively. And notice that this is not a training execution when we are training opportunity when we come out to evaluate you. It is not training, um, maybe without some exercises. But if the Magicom is coming out, we want to know what you can, what you can do right now. Um, we're looking at two different areas. We're looking at the area of is your exercise valid and can you ex execute according to what you said. And then for log planners specifically, we need you to be part of the planning program. We need you to have a responsible wit. You need to make sure your IDP, BSP, and worst case scenario and all that stuff is up to date. And we need you to capture your report findings. Um, <laughs> also, hey and how ya and you have a nice smile is not how you respond to me on my dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> also, I love my cat, Winston Swiper Churchill, and she's painted pink for her 10th birthday, and I love her. Awesome. Happy birthday. <laughs> maybe, someday, maybe someday, maybe uh, someday, Bracely will meet her in person, your cat. Yeah. And I ain't got no issue with she's that. Like I just take a whole bunch of... I just take a whole yeah, bunch of like, egg rig and, and clarity. Like 50 I'm, I'm allergic years I'm, old now. I, I'm allergic years to cats. Old is like that's, 50 years old. I'm, I'm allergic to cats. That's the only reason why. They're allergic to you. I, I'm telling hey. you, you, for anybody who says they hate cats and cats always scratch them or do whatever, cats, just like dogs, if you say you're a dog person, you're like, would you trust a person who, like, your dog doesn't like them? I don't know. I don't know. So, maybe, maybe so that says no. Something. Like, Cats don't uh, like anybody. I mean, That's not fair. I already know. All right, man. You got it. Take us out. Did we just get kicked off? Bracey, you still there? Bracey. Oh, I think he got kicked off. Can you still hear me? Oh, hello. 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 That's what karma gets you for talking bad about cats. <laughs> Can you still hear me or no? 
All right. So I don't think any of them can hear me. So guys, we'll go ahead and close it out. Thank you for listening. Everybody take care. Stay safe. We're out.